My guest today is Barbara Omara, visual artist based in Ireland. Barbara paints. She also works in print, textiles, and in installation art, and is a writer of both poetry and prose with a particular interest in contemporary Celtic shamanism. Barbara's studies of Celtic shamanism and ritual led to a deeper understanding of her own work. She described Celtic shamanism as being related to nature and a way of honoring oneself. It is a way of being rather than a philosophy or dogma. In the process of creation, she allows the work to emerge spontaneously. Her paintings are timeless, intuitive, and made in a stillness. In her work, she brings light and healing to grief and traumas. She talked about how art impacts people when they get involved in creation and even sometimes helps them let go of pain. Barbara has experience working with the wider community and is also involved in art activism. She believes in empowering people, bringing out their own creativity and finding their own voices. We talked about her socially engaged projects. These include Stitches with Love, to commemorate the tomb babies and her installation related to the smear test scandal in women's healthcare in Ireland. She has held various workshops over the years, such as art of journaling and abstraction work. She believes when your work is coming from truth, it finds its own way to connect with the hearts of people. We also talked about transitioning from artist to shaman and from shaman to artist. We reference some of her paintings toward the end. We start our conversation talking about Barbara's book, Soul Sears. You are a co-writer of uh, Soul Sears, an Irish anthology of Celtic shamanism. Uh, what inspired you to write that book? I've been painting for about 35 years and I felt my work was very connected to nature and a timelessness. Um, so about 10 years ago, I started studying um, academically Celtic shamanism and ritual and my own ancestry, uh, just to sort of give me answers about my own work over the years. Um, and I connected with Shleon Cree, which is a shamanic centre in Ireland, and also with one of the founders of that, Karen Ward, who runs Moom and all women's circles. So we collaborated on a few art projects um, where she did healing rituals. And then we just decided that we would do a book. So we had 13 contributors who all um, had studied shamanism in some shape or form. And then my artwork accompanied uh, the writing and poetry. Your work is about Celtic shamanism. The first thing came to my mind was, what is Celtic shamanism? Because I read a, a bit about Celtic culture, but I didn't know that um, Ireland had a shaman. So could you talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so in Ireland, we wouldn't actually have called it a shaman. It would have been a wise person um, or a healer. Um, the like in the sort of Druid tradition. Um, but every culture would have a medicine person or a healing person. Uh, and so like I had been painting for a long time um, the same, the very same way, like I have a way of painting that didn't sort of fit into the norm. And when um, 
then I decided to search out uh, a birth tool and that this is what I came across. So it's really, it's not a religion. It's about um, sort of nature-based honoring of yourself, your intuition, the earth. Um, it's very beautiful actually, and anybody can do it. So it's about just ritual and being in ritual and uh, being with the seasons, the seasons of the year. So in Ireland, we would have, you know, the winter solstice, summer solstice, um, the Aotuna uh, Luna is coming up now on the 1st of August. So just honouring different festivals, a bit like the way farmers in the past would have a knowing about the land and an intuition. Well, it's just a way of being, really. So I, I'll tell you about how it is in my work. In my painting, I would have very particular ways of working that I would go into a very meditative state. Uh, I would have work in all day. I would have an idea in my head about something that I want to work on. Maybe I have done a couple of weeks of reading or research about an issue. And uh, then I would just start mixing paint and pouring. And I let the work evolve. I didn't have a plan for the painting. Um, so the work just decides what it is going to be. And I open up and allow for that. I try and stay out of thinking and my head and just go with my intuition. And often the next day I would go back to look at a piece of work and I wouldn't really even remember having created it. And I would very rarely... Uh, change work because I feel the work is coming out of a certain moment um, in time and a certain emotion and there's no to me there's no mistakes there's no way so um, there's a timelessness about that I'm not trying to control the painting yeah so in the book actually um, the painting that's on the cover I had actually painted um, very shortly after my father died and it, it's a wolf and uh, he's gazing at me and it was like a farewell painting to my father and I never ever dreamed that it would become the cover of a book um, so all things are very emotional and they're very intuitive and they're trying to connect with uh, something timeless. I feel like when I'm painting that time isn't linear, it's circular. So I feel I'm very connected to my ancient past and ancestry. And um, and I just really, really let the work flow. Was something that you always knew to just be a state or through time um, you get to that point? I think for me... I always knew, I think from the time I was a very small child, I, I always felt a bit like a spider. I always liked solitude. I always felt this sort of um, ecstasy in nature, especially around water, being in water. And, uh, and I knew I was an artist. Um, so I've always honoured that way of being, which was quite difficult at times when I was studying, you know, uh, studying art um, because I couldn't conform. Um, not that you have to conform, but I couldn't even I couldn't even verbalise why I was painting like that. I just knew this is 
what I do and I have to trust me. I can look at a painting that I did 30 years ago and immediately I will know how I felt, what the work is about, even if it's an abstract piece, what the emotion is in it, what the, you know, what the, the whole, the whole sort of essence of the work is. Um, and I can look at all my paintings like that. And so I don't have a particular style either. So I'm very open to just experimenting and being very messy and allowing for the beauty of the paint to tell the story. Um, and it sounds a bit airy fairy, but when I'm working, it just makes total sense. Yeah. And sometimes the painting, the painting appears and I've no idea what it's about. And then a week later, I'll know something will happen and there'll be a connection. Oh, this is what this work is. Sometimes you know what's the emotion is involved when you create and sometimes it's a kind of self-discovery. So after a week or a yes. month, when you go back to the piece, you discover something about yourself. Yes, and often um, I will work on two paintings at the same time. And one will maybe take more of my attention. So I will be actually focusing on pouring paint or that. And usually it's the other piece that I've sort of completely ignored, but I'm doing is the one that's I'm just in awe of. I'm like, wow. So um, I, I just have to honor that this is me. This is who I am and this is the way I work. And I think when I went back to study um, my, uh, my own ancestry through sort of shamanic ritual and um, my Celtic heritage that it just made sense now I know why I paint like that I'm just tapping into this energy that's in me from you know prehistory it's all my ancestors together and sometimes I will dream about a color I'll wake up and I'll just think I need to paint in red or something and I just start and I've no idea what's going to come out of the painting but I just let it happen wow it's it's very interesting that in dreams sometimes uh, you, you you have some sort of guidance or something comes to you and tell you okay um, work with the red color. I think that's about trust as well. But for me, it was like it was so complicated. The piece was created in a dream that I couldn't feel I can really recreate that. Is, is that ever happened to you? Yeah, I yeah, I do think that if I do try to recreate or overthink um, that it doesn't happen, the work doesn't happen. So definitely have to go, well, this is what, you know, the message I was given in the dream, but this is what's happening. So I'm going with what's happening. So I think being open, like having your heart wide open to allow what comes in to just come in and I saw a documentary actually about Amy Winehouse um, the other night and she was talking about her songwriting and they were saying to her like the the record company were saying but you know this doesn't rhyme and she she just couldn't believe they said that because she wrote what came out of her at that time with that feeling and there was no way she was going to change lyrics to make them rhyme and I feel like that about paintings yeah that's a good point if you don't feel 
you need to change it you shouldn't change it yeah so it's it's a different way of painting too i mean i do love other ways of working and i love other people's work but this is just who i am and the way i work and it took me a long time to sort of honor that and that's where i think uh, the ritual and the shamanic work and actually in the shamanic work it was all part of my own process of healing because a lot of my work would be informed by grief and trauma um, and it, issues that I see on the news that would affect me but I would try and then do a painting that has a, some sort of healing in it so I would start with a very traumatic issue and I try and bring that to some sort of light or healing um, and that was hence the picture of my dad, a beautiful blue wolf gazing back at me. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you mentioned that um, creativity has a um, healing power. And what about people that they are not artists? How do they can apply um, what you do and just start working with a color and or just drawing and uh, heal through that do you have any yes. um, suggestion yes I, I do teach and I work a lot with community um, and um, art activism so I think everybody is creative and everybody is a, an artist to a certain degree it's just then about training and practice and that so I actually really believe in empowering people to bring out their own creativity. So I don't teach techniques. So what I would be doing from uh, doing workshops or doing community art projects is allowing people to tap into their own energy and what they like and what comes out of them and, um, and make them feel uh, you know, strong and to honor that. Um, the first thing everybody says is, oh, I can't draw and I can't do art. And so um, I like to make people um, confident about being creative. It's not about, you know, showing their work in a, you know, a, a huge gallery or that. It's about people tapping into their own feelings and creativity the way children do art they don't care who's looking at them or what they're producing and they absolutely love what they do um, and then they might tear it up and that's okay as well yeah. so um i really do believe that um art is very healing um in giving people a voice where you may not have a voice uh, in another way that you can get this out in work and i mean it's healed me as well yeah you have a workshop called the art of soul journaling journaling yes. is something that everybody can do that and i want you to talk about it yeah so that's um that's that's a beautiful thing to journal and i think when i was in art college and loved my notebooks i absolutely loved them and they were just packed with with things that i found beautiful and from my own children's drawings to textiles to, you know, images in the paper to blobs of paint. So um, I think if you can create something that you want to keep going back to and looking at and it's uplifting and you've done it, I think 
that's just such a gift in the soul journals I would teach people like I, I love teaching in a simple way so that anybody can do it at home with the materials they have so I would teach very simple mono printing and um, things like that uh, also watercolors where you're pouring and beading and using salt and that's so you're getting lovely abstract you know pieces with texture and color and it's very freeing um, and once people loosen up they just take off and I just stand back and watch you know and it's not about whether I like what they're doing you know it's they feel so empowered and, yeah. and love what they're doing and most people that I do workshops with will go on to you know do their own level whatever they're comfortable with of creativity do you ever had a, any memory of somebody's um, creating for the first time and something happened there, something like uh, empowered that person or this is something that is interesting to share? Yeah, so I worked, I did work for a few years with a bereavement group um, for people who had been bereaved um, by homicide. So they had lost a loved one. Uh, to homicide and um, we did a lot of, of work and a lot of them had never done art before and it was deep work but it had you know it had to be very careful carefully managed and in a safe space so we did things like a, a memory box and one woman who had never done art was elderly had lost um, a child and um, she started making these boxes and she just made so many of them and they were all absolutely beautiful. Like, and it, it gave her a voice. And she said at the time, it was the only time in her, you know, daily or weekly life that she could let go of the pain that she wasn't thinking about it because she was creating. Wow. I think um, even when you were talking about this memory, even it happened in the past, uh, I can feel the emotion in you. And then yes. I, can, I can have that emotion in me. I mean, uh. yeah. And I think as artists, we, we have that empathy. It's not that we know how other people are feeling, but, you know, we have a sort of an empathy, creative empathy. Yeah. And you bring that a lot in your work. I was looking at um, one of your projects you did with the blanket, baby blanket. You were talking about it and I could see how you feel and your emotion. And it was very inspiring. How did you get people to work with you and create that blanket? Thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so at the time that was in the news headlines, I think it was around 2017, um, I was having an exhibition, a painting exhibition called Born Babies of Ravaged Nations about children all over the world who had like particular stories that were in the media. Um, and I was I was making Madonna and child paintings and putting the children back in the arms of their mothers to bring healing to these specific pieces. And the Tune Baby project was uh, born from that really because it was in the news and I asked some friends to knit a little white to represent a baby. And we had eight of them because there were nearly 800 babies. So I had this tiny little hanging in the exhibition and we actually had a heat ceremony at that as well. 
Karen Ward perform with uh, audience participation. And I realized that the women who knitted the squares did it immediately and they all had them done in a very short time and they were absolutely beautiful. One was yeah. from um, a woman who had her own wool, made her own wool. Another girl was Russian and she put in stitches that were particular to her um, ancestry. So I just set up a Facebook page and put a call out and uh, women just took it on board and there were little squares coming in from all over like America, England. Uh, a lot of women had a connection. Their mother was born home. A father, an aunt who given up a baby or a baby was taken from them in a home. So the project just evolved and I was very lucky that the um, National Collective of Community-Based Women's Networks took on board the project and they have 17 groups around Ireland. So a lot of women were making in groups. Uh, and then the blanket actually ended up being brought to Tume and laid out on the burial site, carried onto the site by the survivors of these children and the families. And we had a beautiful ancient midwife ceremony. Um, and I felt, you know, it wasn't my project. I felt like I was just a caretaker for this. Uh, so it was it, very, very emotional, very powerful. But I think I always start off with just a little idea and it just evolves. I don't sort of make plans for a, a you know, three-year project. I think I wouldn't be able to, it would just overwhelm me. I would yeah. be frightened, you know. So they're just little seeds that just sort of grow. I will add the picture and the, the widow later on. You, you think it's just a blanket, but it's not. And it's even was emotional because a lot of women go through um, losing a child or even men. My mom, she lost her first child in uh, she miscarriage six months. And I remember two years ago, I asked her that, mom, how do you feel? Do you want to talk about it? And I felt like she never really agreed. And it's, it's something that still she's carrying with herself. And, and that's why um, maybe when I saw you did that project, it was very inspiring. And I felt like, so doing a ritual, um, it's very powerful and it's very healing. Yes. And um, like every person that sent squares had a story or a little note and the important thing I think about that was it gave people in Ireland a voice where they wouldn't have a political voice or they weren't activists. So in in our culture and probably in a lot of cultures, when a woman was expecting a baby, her family knitted, I knitted for, you know, family members who were having new babies and, and you gave a gift of a little, you know, coat or a blanket or something. So uh, it was quite traditional in that way. And one of the women who was actually um, there who made a specific square has two brothers that were um, in tomb and nobody knows where they are. And yeah. her mother was in tomb um, in the mother and child institution and she did a beautiful square. So I actually felt very humbled and I didn't feel I was a spokesperson for the survivors, you know, 
families. I just felt this was it. I was a caretaker for this project. Yeah. Yeah, so there were 796 um, children and babies that this lady, Catherine Corliss, discovered were born at June and they're all missing. So nobody knows where they are and they think they're buried in the ground. Um, so each square that a woman in Ireland knitted was for child, you know. We didn't have specific name like this. We didn't name the square for the child, but, you know, that was the general sort of idea. Does that make sense? It is. Um, something is very um, interesting to me is that healing it can be very personal like um, I can have some trauma or something from the past that I need to heal from and also we have a collective healing so there is something happened in nation or to specific people and what you did you yeah. you, you just work on the collective healing and that's um, amazing I, I really admire you and <laughs> And you see, um, Nazreen, like I didn't analyze any of that. It's very much intuition and being brave and thinking this project is going to work out and, and wherever it ends up is where it's meant to be. So when I started that, I did not know it was going to be laid out at the yeah. burial site. I think, I think I very much try not to think, if that makes sense. It I is. try... Uh, something comes to me yeah something comes to me and I just go okay I'm going to work with this and see what happens and uh, and it, it works and it's not that um you know I plan it all but things just come in and I know this is the right way for this to go you know so it, it ends up so I think that supposes maybe really letting go of the ego and, you know, thinking, oh, I want this on display in some, you know, major museum. It's like, oh, this this has been offered. Yes, say yes. You know, this, this will be lovely, you know. And I think that if you have a sort of a truth about your work or you want a sense of purity and truth, that will happen. You, you know, you allow it to happen. Yeah, I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at your work um, when we, we were in the other project and I, I just love it. It's just absolutely beautiful. You're inspiring. And I felt very, you know, I know, I know um, not who you are, but I know what your work is coming from, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Um, now we're talking about... Um your social engaged projects. Uh, let's talk about the Mandela with a healing ceremony. So uh, at the time um, that came into the news about the, the scandal of women's health care and the cervical smear tests, um, I was really angry like everybody else. Um, but I was also going through some issues myself at the time. Um, so I was going for smear tests and some minor surgeries and that. And I was very frightened, not that I was uh, sick like some of the women became, but um, I knew how I was feeling about it all. And um, I just decided I have something and I'm not I'm not a very brave person. I'm quite shy, so I wouldn't, you know, feel I would be very able to you know 
sort of stand up for things. So I know my gift is my art and my creativity. So I decided that um, I would set up a project where, again, people could make an A4 page um, to say something about the smear test scandal. And at the time, it was 221 women who were diagnosed as terminally ill um, because of the mishandling of their, their smears. So, um, so I, I decided to use this ancient symbol of the downward triangle, which represents the woman, the feminine part of the woman. And then red was to represent our blood as women. And the gold was to represent honoring us, like, you know, that we were to be honored as women in, in the highest form, which hadn't happened in our healthcare system. So uh, I just made up a little diagram to instruct people how to do their piece and then they could put whatever they wanted on it. And again, that just took off. And we had a lot of contributors to that. And I ended up um, in Rua Red Art Centre in Tala with Karen again, uh, doing a healing ceremony and we laid it out the whole piece was laid out in a beautiful mandala so when you see all the pieces together um it just looks lovely I mean a lot of the pieces there was a lot of anger in them about what had happened and that was okay um it was whatever you want to say on your piece of work um and one of the women had actually died at that stage uh, Emma Vic Mahuna so I, my piece was about her and that was in the centre. Um, yeah, so just, just thinking about who I am, what can I do? What are my gifts? I have to do something. So, and, and this is how it evolves. And that's your power. Yes. Thank mm. you. It is. I mean, it's... It's okay to be shy. I mean, it doesn't yeah. mean that you, you are powerful and because you bring that to your art and also you engage other people to participate. Not many artists have that. And that's your power. And that, that's, that's so good to hear because I'm actually quite shy and not confident and would have a lot of, oh, who am I to do this, you know? And um, so it is about, yeah, stepping into your power and you can do that in a, a quiet gentle way um, and also about honoring your gifts yeah exactly some people are activists and I never saw it in myself that I want to do that but I do have a voice and I do want to communicate that voice and don't want to just be silent and say nothing and I do it through art and I think you do it through art and that's beautiful Yes, and I, I felt at the time, especially of the tomb babies, like, well, I don't have a voice. I'm not a politician. I'm not a journalist. You know, what? like, how can I say how I feel about this? And so I, that's, I think, how many, many people, especially women, felt at the time. Um, and sadly, you know, that's still not resolved. Yeah, because I, I do feel I'm not a spokesperson and I wouldn't like to offend people who are, you know, directly connected to these issues. So, you know, there is always this fear that somebody's going to go, oh, who do you think you are, you know? So yeah. you have to just come from a place of 
of kindness and purity and I don't believe there is somebody more important than you or another person and we, we create those concepts everybody can talk everybody can express themselves and we just forget how much uh, power we have yeah we it's our conditioning we don't step into it yeah exactly it's about just empowering other people as well through creativity have that voice you know I mean there's lots of other ways they can do it as well but I read something on your website you were talking about transitioning from artist to shaman and from shaman to artist what do you mean by that so I think that's to do definitely with when I'm painting that I feel that I've become this very ancient sort of energy that I it's not that I leave my body or anything but I feel I just tap into this this connection to the land like the burren would be one of my very special places to be and it's very inspiring um to paint and you know to but I feel like that I go back to this very ancient sort of energy like I could be in a cave really Mm. um and that's that's what that's what channels the painting um so it's 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 not about me Barbara the artist it's just about this this energy that I feel that comes into the work and I go with it allow it and I love um I love stones and I have stones all over the house and um, I can't I can't go on a beach without coming home with stones and and I remember then I look at them and I think that's the stone I got here so I think when I went to Durham for the very first time many years ago and to be on those rocks it was just like wow and to think about the people who would have been there and survived there and it was just so raw and you know just so powerful this energy and so I think when I'm at my best painting that's that's the place I go to I went to the Bern and I thought I just like this place I mean it's just I feel so connected but now when talking about it I feel like um Maybe there is some sort of energy there that it's very strong and I wasn't even aware of what's going on. I just felt like I really, really like this place. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think you just absorb something there that, that comes into your psyche, really. And um, it's so it's very primitive in a way, you know, so unspoiled and you can be very alone there. So I think you do just tap into that, you know, ancient history of, of humans. Yeah. yeah. It's a very beautiful place. If um, anybody who lives in Ireland and didn't go and visit that place. Go. Go. <laughs> yeah. And actually to swim in the Atlantic as well, the, you know, the, the movement of the Atlantic Ocean is just so powerful and that always inspires me as well. And sometimes I take the seawater and I use that to paint with, um, you know, especially in the watercolours. Um, so it's sort of bringing, it's bringing the land and the energy into the work. Oh, 
I like that. Thank you. If you agree, we could talk about some of your paintings. Um, yes. Yeah, so this is a very recent piece. Um, and I woke up one morning and the news in Ireland was just devastating. There was news about COVID and the lockdown. There was news about um, the final report of the mother and child um, investigation, um, which was not good. Um, there was news about the cervical smear tests. And I just thought, I just despair for women and for Ireland. And I just felt like I was unraveling and that we were all unraveling. So that's yeah. what that painting is about. <laughs> there is something about this piece and I do really like. Uh, what is this one is about called elderly so, yeah. woman cocooning yeah so this was at the beginning of lockdown when older people were not allowed to leave their homes oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah and there was a lot of uh, articles in the media and on the news about um like beautiful elderly couples who were separated because one of them was sick there was one particular woman whose husband was in hospital and died and she couldn't see him she couldn't go to the funeral she, you know I, I saw her being interviewed and I, it was just so emotional um, and so there's a complete separation in that painting so mm -hmm. half the woman is in this white grey stark area and then the other part she's trying to connect with the blood the living you know yeah. So it was just, it was a number of different stories I read about elderly people that were just harrowing. And, you know, uh, I just wanted to express that. But it's called Flowers for Loved Ones. Yes. Yeah, so again, this was to do with um, COVID-19 and people who are dying or people who are in hospital. And again, I was just traumatized, like everybody. And I, I wanted to do something. And I thought, what can I do? I, there's nothing I can do. And I had painted a flower from my garden for someone. And then I realized that's what I'll do. So I just, again, put out an open call on social media. Anybody who was suffering through COVID or had loved ones suffering through COVID, to message me and I would pick a flower from my garden, meditate on the person, if I had their first name, paint the flower and post it online because we couldn't, you know, meet or anything like that. So it was a free thing that, and I had a lot of requests. I had um, nursing frontline staff in America, somebody who'd lost their mum who was actually living in Australia and couldn't come home. Um, people who are ill in hospital so it, it was very deep because I would go out think about the person and the request pick a specific flower and then paint it immediately thinking about the person um, and then post it online so um, I felt I was doing something then to connect to to heal you know because if, if you did go and visit somebody in hospital in the old days you brought flowers yeah. So it was just um, a way of feeling I, 
I could help in a creative way. But you, you just by doing that, you create a connection and uh, give love. Because I, if, yeah. I, if I just connect with you and you paint a flower for me, um, I feel special. <laughs> I feel like uh, yeah. somebody um, is caring. And that's a beautiful thing you did. I can't remember the specific people now. I have a note of everybody, but um, you know, there was there was a beautiful elderly man from the traveling community who died. Now that one I read about in the paper. So I picked some um wild dandelions that were in my garden. Um because of you know the wisdom that that man would have had was gone and the thing was nobody could go to the funerals there were no funerals so you couldn't you couldn't honor your, the person so the girl who lived in Australia her mum died nobody could go and talk to her she couldn't come home and um, so it was also saying I hear about your mum I'm honoring her here's the flower you know it was quite emotional as well yeah yeah, search is one of the uh, images that is in your book. Yes. yes. Yeah, so I would have actually painted that a long time before I started uh, doing the, the ancestral shamanic work. Um, and it's about me. That's really me in that bubble of water. But I'm being propelled into a wave or the atmosphere I don't know um and I don't know whether I'm imprisoned in the bubble or whether I'm protected um so a lot of the, my work would be like that I don't have the answers but I know that there's something very powerful in that piece so yeah, yeah you're right it's sometimes it's not easy to talk about yeah yeah and to be honest sometimes we don't want to <laughs> because we want no, to um, this is the thing yeah we want uh, the the viewer uh, have their own story or whatever they feel and we if yeah. we say the story then we kind of limited their imagination yeah and i think that that one also would have been after my father died yeah. which um would have been you know, would have brought up a lot of past trauma about grief and loss for me. So I really was just not purging, but the work was just coming out of me and I was just going with it, you know. Yeah. Even though it looks like you are in a bubble, but for me, it's like you're pushing and you are ready to um, fly. It's something uh, powerful. It's in the, even though the posture is uh, leaning and, but it's like, it's like pushing from the back and it just want to uh, free itself. Um, I, I suppose at the time, surge would have been connected to the Atlantic and the waves. And when you're in the water and a wave comes in and just, you know, carries you up with it, you know, and you've no yeah. control. I found the word, it's like a goddess. <laughs> Yes, I do think we are all goddesses. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, see that in all women. I'm going to find another picture here. Artist this, and shaman. Yeah, this is 
so this is very interesting, really, because um, it's quite personal, actually, because after the birth of my second daughter, I became very ill and I had a sort of life changing health issues. And so my body changed. So um, because of medication and that, my figure changed and became a much fuller version of myself. And I absolutely hated getting my photograph taken or being in photos because um, I was quite young and I, I really changed, you know, and people didn't recognize me. Um, so it took me a very, very long time to honor my body again. And uh, this was photo was taken by um, Martha Fay, photographer. Um, and it was a, it was telling my story. So my story is actually linked to the photo um, about honoring myself again as a beautiful woman and a goddess. And I went away on a women's weekend uh, with the moon and all, um, and we all had to dress up as goddesses and take photos of ourselves and like them. And I was absolutely dreading it. <laughs> and that was sort of very he healing for me to do it, you know. Um, and then uh, this photo, this portrait was taken and just about honoring myself and loving myself. So, yeah, so there's a lot of personal stuff behind that. And I put it out there, which was huge because even my Facebook page, I don't think had a photo of me, for, you know, so. You know, Barbara, it's part of our conditioning and what society tell us what is beautiful. We believe that a story. This image for me, every time I look at it, I do really connect with it. There is something in that face that it's say I am beautiful and she yeah. is beautiful it's saying to me that accept who I am if you didn't have it inside you that I am okay with who I am and I love myself and I am beautiful then I couldn't see that in that image thank you yes yeah I agree I think it was the right time you know, and I think um, when you ask older people about, you know, their regrets, I think, you know, that's one of them that they didn't honor their their youth and their health. And, you know, so I went through a lot of my 30s and 40s sort of, you know, um, just not confident, really, you know, yeah. feeling sort of judged. Um, but I did a lot of work on myself and I think... Um, also not passing that on to my own daughters that was very powerful so I empowered them you know in a different way so that was good yeah that's that's the whole feminist thing now <laughs> as well I think and I think that that's that it just took me a long time to regain that because I would have had it before I became ill um, but I always tell you, I always feel beautiful in the water when I'm swimming. I feel like a mermaid, you know, <laughs> so maybe I'm just I'm just in the wrong element element. I should be in the water, not on land. <laughs> yeah. I'm there with you. I love water, too. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything I didn't ask you and you would like to talk about it? 
Oh, I think that was wonderful, Miss Serene. I think um, I'd I think I'd love to meet you and connect. Sure. Yeah, know? I have this feeling yeah, that I want to hold you right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah, I think that was really lovely. Before we end our conversation, I want you to give our um, listener, whoever watched it on YouTube, about your workshop and where they can find you. And I know that you have an online store. Um, so give that information to our um, viewer. Thank you. So my website is www.barbaraomaraartist.com. I'm also on Facebook, Barbara Omara Artist. Um, I think there's something very interesting coming up for Culture Night, a collaboration with some other artists for Center for Creative Practices. And then uh, I hope to get back to my physical workshops um, this autumn, uh, which will be in North Wicklow, South Dublin area, and will be connected to nature. I had planned for last year. I'm hoping to get that off the ground. And then my paintings for sale on my website, as well as Sosa's book. So they can uh, buy your work on both Facebook and your website. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. You have a beautiful soul. And I'm honored oh. to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Nazri.